Hi there, I'm Nathan Montgomery, and this is A Good Word for Today. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast. A Good Word for Today is the audio ministry of Lutheran Church of the Resurrection in Cocoa Beach. Uh, Here on A Good Word for Today, we share sermon audio, Q&As, and other helpful information and audio that will help you in your faith journey. Let's join Pastor Marge for today's message. It's the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I want to ask you, are there any home remedies that run in your family history? Perhaps something that grandma or grandpa passed on down from the family tree because, by golly, it's just guaranteed for what ails you. Let me just give you a few examples of what I mean. And these are actual home or or folk remedies. Does your child have a fever? Forget the Tylenol. Simply take two slices of onion, put them in an old pair of socks, and put them on your child's feet for a few hours. It'll draw the the fever right out of your child. (laughs) And you thought their feet were stinking before they got sick. Got a wart? Simply rub a piece of red meat on it, and then bury the meat in the ground, and the wart will slowly disappear as the meat rots. Got malaria? Simply eat a spider's web. Well, if, if you think that sounds gross, it's better than the alternative, which is to eat a live spider. Get leg cramps at night? Just sleep with a bar of soap. Even if your legs still cramp, at least you'll smell good in the morning. In my family, The best relief for a bad cough in the middle of the night was not some cherry-flavored syrup from a bottle. No, in our family, the the cure for a nighttime cough was a shot of honey and whiskey and lemon. Now, I'm not sure that it actually helped with the cough, but it certainly put you back to sleep in a hurry. (laughs) There are a lot of odd home remedies out there, and some of them might even work, but not many can compare to the one 
for the snake bite that we find in today's scripture reading from Numbers. Now, Numbers is not a book known for its gripping drama, but this is really quite a story. The story takes place during the 40 years when Moses led the Israelites through the wilderness. And during these 40 years, the Israelites had proven themselves to be terrific whiners. They whined and they complained to Moses about everything. But in today's story, they crossed the line. They not only complain about Moses, but for the first time, they complain about God. Listen to what they say. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt? To die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Not only complaining about God, but now complaining about God's cooking? Not a good idea. God shows his displeasure by sending venomous snakes into the Israelite camp. And while the Israelites, they were quick to complain, they were also quick to beg Moses to pray that God would remove the snakes. And Moses, he does indeed, he prays. But strangely, God does not remove the snakes. Instead, God provides Moses with a very odd remedy. God instructs Moses to make a bronze snake, mount it on a pole, and lift it high for all to see. Any Israelite who was bitten by a snake could look at that bronze snake and live. Curious. The cure for a snake bite is a bronze snake. Now fast forward a few thousand years to the Gospel of John and a conversation between Jesus and a Pharisee named Nicodemus. When Jesus wanted to explain God's plan of salvation to Nicodemus, he hearkened back to that story of Moses and the bronze snake. He said, and just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus is referring to his crucifixion. In the same way that that remedy for the snake bite was once a bronze snake lifted up on a pole, the remedy for sin and death is the death of God's Son lifted up on a cross. Now, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the implications of our baptism and how we as a congregation share in the responsibility of spiritually raising the children in our midst. One of the promises that parents and sponsors and by extension the rest of us in this family of faith make in baptism is that they will place the word of God into their children's hand. Just as Moses lifted up the bronze snake so that the Israelites might live, 
we must lift up the Word of God for our children so that they might come to know Jesus and live the abundant life of Jesus' promises. Every one of us is born sin-sick. And this book, this treasure, it holds the cure by pointing us to Jesus and stirring our faith in our hard hearts. So how might we be faithful to our promise to place the Word of God into the hands of children? Let me suggest three ways. First, we take that promise literally and physically and give kids, both big and small, Bibles. I think one of the coolest Sundays each year is when in my previous congregations that we would gather the parents of the third graders and have them place a new Bible in their children's hand. And it may seem like a simple gesture, but as one, it is one of the greatest gifts that those kids will ever receive. And just about every Sunday, I would tell my former parishioners that if you need a Bible or you know someone who does, then you should take the one that's sitting there in the pew next to you and give it away. I would love to have to replace more and more of those Bibles each week. I really did want to give them away. A second way in which we place the Word of God into kids' hands and, and more importantly, into their hearts and minds and lives is by teaching them. While nothing will ever compare to the importance of parents teaching their own children, we as a church take our responsibility to teach children seriously. And we are richly blessed with a great staff, volunteers, and programs that teach kids well from preschool right through high school and into small groups and adult Bible studies. I believe that some of the greatest unsung heroes of the church are those who volunteer as Sunday school teachers or youth group leaders. Study after study shows the profound impact that such people have in these kids' lives. Here's the third, and I think this is the most important way in which we lift up the gospel and place the word of God in our children's lives, and it's by living it right before their eyes. We can give them Bibles, and we can encourage them to read it. We can teach them the stories of faith and values that we cherish, but nothing will help them understand what it means to be a disciple like seeing it lived out in your lives and mine. Nothing lifts up the cure for sin and the way to abundant life better than the disciples who are intentional about living the faith in front of their children in our midst. If we want children to be faithful, we must be faithful. If we want kids to have integrity, we have to have integrity. If we want kids to be honest, we have to be honest. 
If we want kids to read the Bible, then we have to read the Bible. If we want kids to get excited about their life with Jesus, then we have to be excited about our life with Jesus. Modeling is by far the most powerful teaching method when it comes to instilling faith into our children. Not only does modeling help teach our children the faith, it also teaches them a critical lesson. Knowing the Word of God should always lead to living the Word of God. See, this is not an issue of law, but it's grace. Through the Holy Spirit, God's Word, it shapes our hearts to want to obey. When it comes to spiritual growth, knowledge leads to obedience, which leads to life transformation. The language of our own baptismal liturgy liturgy makes this clear. We promise to place the Bible into children's hand, not as an end unto itself, but so that they may learn to trust God, proclaim Christ through word and deed, care for others and the world that God made, and work for justice and peace. The word of God like baptism itself. It's a tremendous gift of grace, but the real joy and blessing of it happens when we unwrap that gift and use it, living in joyful obedience to the call of God on our lives. Moses once lifted up a bronze serpent to save the lives of those who were dying. Those who looked upon the serpent lived. God once lifted up his son on the cross to save the lives of all who are in bondage to sin and death. Those who put their faith in the Savior will live abundantly and eternally. And now, and now you and I are called to lift up the word of God and place it into the lives of children, both young and old, not just physically, but with our very lives. Together, let's pray that they will not only come to know the Word of God, but come into relationship with the God of the Word so that we might all learn to trust God, proclaim Christ through word and deed, care for others and the world God made, and to work for justice and peace. Amen. Well, amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Marge, and thank you for listening in to A Good Word for Today. You can find more information about Lutheran Church of the Resurrection at goresurrection.com. And if you have a question or something you'd like for us to discuss or answer, you can email me, Nathan, at GoResurrection.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we will see you next time here on A Good Word for Today.